This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, most gracious, most merciful. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. All praise is indeed due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Lord of the worlds. Nourisher, cherisher, sustainer, provider, protector, curer of one and all. Wa usalli wa usallimu ala afdalil khalqi ajma'een, nabiyyina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een. Blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him and his entire household. May Allah bless all his companions. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every single one of us and our offspring to come up to the end. Ameen. My brothers and sisters, I am equally delighted to be here in this beautiful city of Mali, in this beautiful country of the Maldives. Alhamdulillah, some of you I may know personally and others I may know from social media, whilst others I may not know. But I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to unite us in paradise. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us goodness in this world and the next. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to alleviate the suffering of all those who may be suffering across the globe in whatever way they may be suffering. Brothers and sisters, we claim to be the followers of Muhammad, may peace be upon him. Yet, we are guilty of not knowing him enough to be able to love him and follow him as we should. My brothers and sisters, this evening I wish to go through a few examples of the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Him being afdalul khalqi wa akramul rusuli, the best of creation, the most honored and most noble of all of the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The final messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon all his messengers. Amin. So, him being the best of creation, obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent him in order to guide humanity at large. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of this in the Quran. We have not sent you except as a mercy for all the worlds. All the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would achieve mercy if we were to follow the footsteps of Muhammad, may peace be upon him. He was merciful towards the animals as well, towards his enemies as well. At times of war, he laid examples that were to be studied up to the end of time. He was very kind to his enemies as well. He was just at the same time, even during war. He did not allow people to transgress. He was the one who stated that it is prohibited to destroy the infrastructure. Yet we find people doing that in the name of Islam. He was the one who uttered that it is prohibited to harm those who are in their place of worship being non-Muslim. Yet some of us are doing that in the name of Islam. He was the one who said, that we should not be harming the women and the children and those who do not participate in the war. Yet innocent people are being pillaged in the name of Islam by some who are ignorant and deviant. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us and our children from being brainwashed that that is Islam. It is not Islam. He was the one whom from the very beginning he was known as the trustworthy, the honest, as-sadiq al-ameen. When they had a dispute regarding where to put the black stone or who should put the black stone when it came to the rebuilding of the Kaaba, even prior to him being granted prophethood, guess what happened? The disbelievers of Mecca, and at that time they were all disbelievers, they had agreed that whatever solution was suggested by this man, Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, will be agreed upon by us all. And he resolved it and solved it in such a beautiful manner. How many of us are ready to solve and resolve disputes 
or are we part and parcel of the dispute itself? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. The life of the best of creation is filled with beautiful examples from before the time of prophethood. Let me draw one such page when Khadija binti Khuwailid radiallahu anha, who was a great businesswoman at the time, she had chosen this man Muhammad for his honesty and his uprightness to be the man who would take her caravans all the way up to Bilad al-Sham, known as the Syrian region today. May Allah grant them peace and stability as well. When he went up to the northern part of the Arabian Peninsula with these caravans as a businessman, he came back with so much of profit and every cent was accounted for. Every droplet, every piece of merchandise was accounted for. This was the man. How many of us are that honest where we work and we are so upright that we will not waste a single minute of the time of the one who has employed us. A lot of us, and let's face facts, we waste time on our mobile devices, on the internet, yet we are employed by people who are paying us per hour. Perhaps two or three of those hours were not meant to be paid. May Allah safeguard us. It is a difficulty, we need to speak about it. Because when we look at Muhammad, peace be upon him, and his honesty in business, someone had employed him. How did he fulfill the duties upon his shoulder? Did he do it the way we do it today? Or are we doing it the way he did it? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us from those who say no to both questions. My brothers and sisters, it's important for us to take a page from the history of Islam and the ambassador of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the messenger, the best of creation, the one sent to us, amazingly, when he had received prophethood from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, something amazing and unique happened. He was sitting in the cave of Hira. One might ask, why did he used to go to that cave? He was so fed up of the evil acts of the people of Quraysh. They used to bury their daughters alive. They used to worship stones and idols. They used to worship things. The rich from amongst them were those who were believed and accepted and the, the poor were downtrodden. They enslaved strangers and considered them slaves. So he used to go to the cave to ponder over all these weaknesses and to think of solutions and to think of how best, firstly, he can protect himself and secondly, he can help others. And whilst he was in the cave once, the angel Jibreel came to him with revelation. Read. And he says, I cannot read. Subhanallah. I am not a reader. Again, read. He says, I am not a reader. Subhanallah. Imagine the honesty, uprightness. Today, if we were not aware of how to use a device or perhaps a computer or something of that nature, we would still pretend like we know all about it, isn't it? We feel offended when we are corrected. We feel offended to admit that we were wrong. We feel, of, we feel offended if we were to be told that you don't know, let me teach you a thing or two. May Allah not make that the case. That's not how it should be. Be honest. If you cannot do something, you cannot do it. So the Prophet ﷺ was then instructed to read in the name of your Rabb. Your Rabb meaning your creator, your maker, your nourisher, your sustainer, the one in absolute control of every aspect of your existence. Read in the name of your Rabb who has created. He has created man from a clot, a clot. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. As revelation was received, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam thereafter came down from that mountain straight into the hands of none other than his beloved wife, Khadija binti Khuwaylid radiallahu anha. Do you know how he got married to her? Well, after the business trips that he had made, she decided, let me try to propose to marry this man against all odds. Why against all odds? He was the most handsome of the lot. 
He was young, only 25 years old according to the bulk of the narrations. And she was 40 years old. She already had children, subhanallah, from a previous marriage. And at the same time, she was a wealthy businesswoman. This was a man who was so trusted. Yet, she decided to propose. And guess what? The proposal was accepted. The two were married. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us all in our marriages. He was dedicated. They loved each other so much that when he had a major development in his life, the first person he confided in was his spouse. How many of us learn from the lesson of the greatest of creation? With us, the last person to come to know our issues, our wives. The last person to know the problems we have, our husbands. Sometimes it's because of the way we react. So let's take a lesson from how she reacted being brought up in such a beautiful way, living with such a beautiful man. He says, Zammiluni, Zammiluni, cover me, cover me. And so she embraced him and he narrated the story and she said, Kalla wallahi la Allahu abada. Nay, Allah will never let you down. It's impossible for Allah to let such a good person down. You fulfill the rights of the neighbors. You are a person who maintains family ties. You assist the needy. You help the orphan. You reach out to people in the best of ways. Allah cannot let you down. Brothers and sisters, stop there for a moment. Look at the best of creation. He used to reach out to the orphans. How many of us reach out to orphans and widows? With the sole reason or purpose of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No ulterior motive. How many of us fulfill our family relations? How many of us go out and mend a broken relationship? Subhanallah. Yet we claim to be followers of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. These issues I'm mentioning are great acts of worship. To go out and visit the sick. To go out and help and assist develop your nation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help this ummah. And we are taught by Khadija binti Khawailid radiallahu anha. In this beautiful narration, which makes mention of how she reacted, that if a person is good and has reached out to humanity at large in the best of ways, Allah will not let them down. Whatever comes in your direction was better for you, even if it seems to be negative outwardly. It's better for you in the long run. Sometimes things happen to us in our lives that appear very negative. Perhaps those are the very points that will result in our victory later on. In our success, if not in this world, then the next. Imagine coming on the day of judgment and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we kept you sick, we kept you ill, you kept bearing patience and you kept praying to us until we took you away. You were never granted cure in, this, in the world. So now we want to grant you the highest ranks of paradise. Do you know what such a person will say? Oh Allah, why didn't you keep me sick for even longer? Perhaps I would have gotten even higher level in paradise. So don't lose hope my brothers and sisters. Don't lose hope in the mercy of Allah. What appears to be a problem and an issue is actually a ticket for your entry into paradise at times, depending on how you deal with it. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was then instructed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya ayyuhal muddathir qum fa'adhir O you enveloped in garments. Get up and warn the people. Spread the message. Go and tell them to worship Allah alone. Tell them to stop worshipping their idols. Tell them to turn to their maker and worship him alone. Tell them not to bury their daughters alive. Not to get upset when they are informed of a girl child. Tell them not to enslave the stranger and the foreigner. Tell them not to cheat each other in business and so on. So he got up and he told them, subhanallah. When he told them what happened, they called him a magician. They called him a madman. They called him a womanizer. They said he's after wealth. He's after money. They accused him. They tried to abuse him. Some of them tried to harm him. What happened? How did he react? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Indeed, we have protected you and your reputation from the mocking of those who'd like to mock, 
from those who want to joke, those who want to make a mockery, we've protected you from it. Don't worry. Those who call out to gods besides Allah, they will never be able to harm Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nobody can harm his status. He's the best of creation today, 1436 years after the hijrah. Where are we? In this beautiful island of the Maldives, in Male, subhanallah, in our thousands all following the same best of creation, whom they called a madman. They called him a womanizer. They called him names. Had he reacted in a different way, perhaps we would not have been here. But because he was the messenger of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed him, فَاصْدَعْ بِمَا تُؤْمَرْ وَأَعْرِضْ عَنِ الْمُشْرِكِينَ Keep on doing what you have to. Concentrate on your message. Concentrate on that which is positive. What a lesson for every one of us. There are so many distractions in life. If you are going to be distracted, you fall with those who are distracted. But if you remain focused and you do not allow the distractors and detractors to distract you, what will happen? You will achieve at the end of the day. If you are taking a brick every day to the right place, perhaps a day will come 10 years down the line that you will see a beautiful house built because there was a brick a day that you had moved from one place to another. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us focus. May He help us be dedicated. Ameen. Take a look at Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They came to him. They offered him bribes. They told him. The people of Quraysh, the leaders told him that we are prepared to make you our leader if you wish. We are prepared to get you married to whomsoever you wish from amongst our women. We are prepared to make you the wealthiest of the lot. We are prepared to give you whatever you want. And he says, are you finished? Is it, is it over? Is your speech complete? Can I talk now? And then he says, Wallahi, if you were to put the sun in my right hand and the moon in my left hand and tell me to stop saying what I am saying, it would never happen. Subhanallah. He refused to take bribes. He refused. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us learn a lesson. And this is why him being the best of creation, these things happened in his life. Not in order to test him. He was the best of creation. In order for the lesson to be derived from us years later. Subhanallah. Take a look at his compassion. The time that he gave little children. Amazing. I walked into this venue. Mashallah. I think it's called Alimas Carnival if I'm not mistaken. What a beautiful place. And I saw a few of the children. And I knew that it's my turn. I need to at least smile at them, acknowledge them, greet them perhaps, nod at them. Although they were at a little bit of a distance. Because we get this from Muhammad wasallam. Whenever he saw the young, he gave them much more time. Do you know why? They are the leaders of tomorrow. They were taught, you are very important. We are concerned about your upbringing. You need to be nurtured, not just by your family, but by your community. The community is responsible to grow up the children or for the upbringing of the children, not just the family. Although the duty is placed squarely on the shoulders of the parents, but it's up to the parents to be living in a society and community that is healthy for the upbringing of their own children. This was taught by Muhammad wasallam. This is why all of the children who were there in Medina Munawwara were given great importance by Muhammad wasallam. He once wanted to give a gift that he had, a piece of clothing that he was given to someone. So he asked his companions, whom should I give this piece of clothing to? They were all silent, hoping that it was them. And what an honor for Muhammad to give a piece of clothing to someone. And he says, where is Umm Khalid? Do you know who Umm Khalid was? She was a young girl. The father came running, subhanallah. He came running with his little baby girl, Umm Khalid. And he brought her along and he gave the Prophet peace be upon him, gave her so much of importance and gave her this piece of clothing and this piece of cloth. She was the one who came. The little girl was born in Abyssinia. She came, subhanallah, back with the people who had returned from Abyssinia and they spoke a language. Amazing. She spoke the Abyssinian language because she was born there. So, in order to make her smile, the Prophet, peace be upon him, knew a few words of that language, the Abyssinian language, and he says to her, this is Sana, this is Sana. You know what Sana means in Abyssinian? It means it's beautiful, it's really beautiful, mashallah. This is Sana. Imagine a word from another language. In order to make a child smile, 
and the child was excited. Right up to the end of the life of the child, the child remembered this occasion and kept the piece of clothing, subhanAllah. May Allah help us treat our children with respect. Many a times we lead our lives in such a way that we should be embarrassed of ourselves. Really, what we do, the dishonesty, the disobedience of Allah, how then do you want your children to obey Allah when we could not be bothered about our own five prayers a day or our dress code or honesty and uprightness or good words that should be coming out of our mouth. Instead, our children learn the foulest of swear words from our own mouths. May Allah safeguard us. May we learn a lesson from this beautiful life. Muhammad, peace be upon him, never uttered a bad word, not a single swear word throughout his life, neither prior to prophethood nor later on. Not one word vulgar, not a single one. Then we claim to be the followers of Muhammad, we swear all day, all night, we tweet our swear words, we paste them on Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere else. Swear word, we retweet the swear words of others and we claim to be the followers. We want the peace that he said, if you follow me, you will achieve the peace. But where are we following him? Subhanallah. One plus one, according to us, equals five. And we still want a tick and a well done on our backs? Not at all. May Allah forgive us. Remember, one plus one is two, not five. Remember, if you want peace, stop swearing. Learn from this beautiful example. He was the most peaceful person. When they harmed him and attacked him in Ta'if, what did he do? Take a lesson. He, the angels of the mountains, the angels responsible for the mountains came up to him and told him, O oh Messenger, peace be upon you. If you instruct us, we will destroy these people between the two mountains. And he said, Nay, I have been sent as a mercy. I have been sent as a mercy. He says, Oh Allah, I complain to you of my own weakness. Ya Allah, if you don't guide them, at least guide their offspring. He still had hope. He did not choose to destroy the people of Ta'if who had harmed him. May Allah help us learn a lesson from this. And this is why today the people of Ta'if are all Muslimin. Subhanallah. It was the seed that was sown by the messenger. Peace be upon him. When his son passed away, he did not blame the blacksmith or the people who were looking after his son at that stage. Do you know, at the time of the messenger, peace be upon him, they had a culture whereby children who were born were sent to foster mothers away from the hustle and bustle of the city to the rural areas in order for them to be nurtured and brought up with clear air and powerful language. And what happened? Sallallahu alayhi wasallam, his son Ibrahim passed away in his infancy. And people began to say, you know what? It was perhaps this man who was in the house, he was a blacksmith and he used to blow into the ore and there was a lot of smoke. So maybe he struggled a respiratory disease. The Prophet peace be upon him refused to entertain anything. He said, Inna lillahi ma akhada wa lahu ma a'ta wa kullu shayin indahu bi ajalim musamma. Indeed for Allah is whatever he has taken away. It always belonged to him. And for Allah is whatever He gave us in the first place. And everything with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes with a prescribed time, fixed time. May Allah help us to understand. You will suffer loss in your lives. You have to. You will suffer loss either in terms of material items or loss of life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says He will test every one of us. وَنَقُصٍ مِّنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ We will indeed test every single one of you with some of fear perhaps, some of hunger perhaps, loss of produce, loss in terms of material items. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. Do you know what He says? وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ Give good news to those who are forbearant, to those who bear patience, those whom 
when they are afflicted with something, they say, indeed, we all belong to Allah, and unto Him shall we all return. Allah says, they are the blessed ones. May Allah help us learn a lesson. Brothers and sisters, when you've suffered a loss, in any form, in any way whatsoever, do not become depressed or despondent. Get up and try again. Call out to Allah. Keep on calling out to Allah. That is a Muslim. That is the best of creation whose example we are following. He went through it. He never gave up. Had he given up, they surrounded him in Shi'ab Abi Talib, the valley of Abu Talib, for three years during the period of the Meccan era or during the Meccan time before Hijrah. Did he give up? Not at all. Subhanallah. Look at his companions, how strong they were. Did they give up? Not at all. Why then do we suffer a small loss and we tend to give up hope? We say Allah does not love me. No. Part of his love for you is that he keeps you in a test. I always like to give the example of a person who turns away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And because of Allah's love for that person, Allah decides to inflict them because Allah says in Allah when Allah loves you he will test you it is when Allah loves his worshiper that he tests that worshiper so say a person is further away from Allah and through Allah's love Allah wants to bring them closer to him you know what happens they suffer a loss and after they suffer a loss they would then resort to praying to Allah because they realize, you know what, now I cannot do anything. I have to call out to Allah. So they read their salah five times a day. In fact, six times a day. Where's the sixth one? Salatul Tahajjud. Suddenly, even before the caller calls, we're awake. Why? You have a problem. I have a big problem. Subhanallah. You know the dua story. You know people who make dua. When I was young, I used to see the uncles making dua. And I saw someone making dua. I said, this man has a problem. Uh, another time we saw one making a dua. We said, he has a problem slightly bigger than the previous guy. And then we saw the guy making a big dua. Oh Allah. And I said, oh, this man's got a huge problem. May Allah help us resolve all our matters. Brothers and sisters, never lose hope. Imagine if, if through your problem you found Allah, wasn't that a point of mercy? If through your problem your heart was softened and you came to Salah, wasn't that a point of mercy? If through your problem your dress code became positive, isn't that something really positive? This was Muhammad and his companions. Let's take a look at what he did. Once, he was faced in his masjid with a man who walked in and decided to urinate in one corner. I'm sure you heard the story. But that's the most beautiful and the most blessed of all creation. The lesson we learn from it. Imagine someone had to come and urinate now, here somewhere in the corner. I think he would be admonished. Some might even choose to beat him up. And imagine if someone did it in the masjid, the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The companions were so upset, they wanted to, to beat him up, literally. And the Prophet ﷺ said, hey, leave him alone. Let him finish his business, imagine. Subhanallah. Do you know what that means? While he's urinating, don't stop him, let him finish. He might get sick. I can't imagine pausing halfway between urination. Astaghfirullah. May Allah forgive us, really. I see some of the youth are laughing, maybe they tried it. But it's humanity that overrides, be concerned for the health of this man who committed a crime. Be concerned of his health and be concerned to rectify and correct, not to make the matter worse. We will always face difficulties and challenges. Never ever make the matter worse. Contribute positively towards negatives so that they become positive. When you have a problem and you come out and you react in a wrong way, you create a bigger problem. But when you have a problem, learn to resolve. Learn to move forward. Do not dwell over the past. The past is gone. It is just that. Whatever you have done in the past is over. It's gone. Seek forgiveness and move forward. Ask Allah to help you now with the way forward. If you continue thinking about the past so much, it will depress you. Shaitan will get the better of you. And Shaitan will cause you to go astray once again because you're going to think to yourself, hey, in the past I did this and I did that. It's over. Didn't you ask Allah's forgiveness? You did. Well, there's Muhammad, peace be upon him, telling you, The one who seeks forgiveness from sin is equivalent to he or she who did not commit sin. It's over, it's gone. It's past tense. It's history. So Muhammad looks at his companions and he stops them. And he says, go and get 
a bucket of water, some water in a pail, in a bucket. And while they all went, he called this man. He says, you know what? We're in the house of Allah. Look at how beautifully he spoke. Look at what happened and now what he's doing. He says, you know, we're in the house of Allah. This house of Allah is for salah, for prayer, for recitation of the Quran, for remembrance of Allah and for good things. It's not for something of this nature. Not at all. The man was so happy because he realized, he understood and he learned. Imagine who better a teacher can there be than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So the man says, Oh Allah, have mercy on me and on Muhammad. And don't have mercy on all these other people. No one else, just us. Allahumma arhamni warham Muhammadan wa la tarham ma'ana ahadan. Oh Allah, have mercy on me and Muhammad and nobody else. Now that was another problem. Why is it another problem? Because you made another mistake. And I still need to correct you again. So the Prophet ﷺ responded in a beautiful way. Do you know what he says? He says, you have made narrow something that is too broad to become narrow. The mercy of Allah is so broad, you're trying to make it narrow, which means it will encompass everyone, whether you like it or not. Subhanallah. The mercy of Allah is not just for us. It is also for the non-Muslims. But there is a special mercy for the believers. You know, if you go back to the tafsir of Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, in the name of Allah, Ar Rahman Ar Rahim, you will find the difference between Ar Rahman and Ar Rahim. They are both elements of the mercy of Allah, qualities of mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One is broader than the other. Rahim is a special mercy that Allah has upon the believers. And Rahman is taken from the mercy that Allah has upon all His creatures, all the creatures of Allah. So don't think mercy of Allah is dedicated only and solely to you. No, it's for all. Allah knows He made the rest. He is their Rabb, just like He is your Rabb. It's up to you to turn to Him, just like it is up to them to turn to Him. Whether or not they turn is between them and Allah. For us, we will continue inviting them towards goodness and we will continue praying to Allah that we too remain upon the goodness and our offspring. So Muhammad ﷺ explains this so beautifully by saying you've made narrow something that is too broad, it's too wide. And the companions came back. They were, mashallah, tabarakallah. They were now involved in clearing the mess. And this man became known as a sahabi. Imagine how his name is not known to us to this day. And this goes to show that whenever there is something bad that has happened, you don't have to go up and announce the names of the people. Because you need to ask yourself, we would like to rectify the matter. We don't need to advertise who was the guilty one. But if the matter is rectified, forget about who it was. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us be genuine towards one another. The humility of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he knew he was the best of creation. He knew paradise was already his. He already told us that he would be the first to be resurrected, the first to enter Jannah. He already told that to us. And we know that and we believe it. But on top of that, he used to pray at night until his feet were swollen. And his wife, Aisha radiallahu anha, asks him, O Messenger, peace be upon him. You are praying so much, yet you are absolutely perfect. You have Jannah, you are spotless, sinless, and you are praying until your feet are swollen. He says, Afala akuna abdan shakura. Should I not be a slave who's thankful to Allah? Allah's blessed me. This is just thanks to Allah. I want to worship Him. How many of us would do that? What has Allah not given you? Look at the beautiful weather. Look at this country. Wallahi, when I told the world that I'm coming to the Maldives, thousands of people told me they wish they were with me. They want to visit your country. Just as well there is no Kaaba here. Subhanallah. People want to visit your country. They save their money. They work hard for 10 years in order to come here. Subhanallah. To do what? Just to see because they want to see the beauty that Allah has bestowed upon your nation. The islands, whatever else there is. We are sitting right here. Have we ever asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for goodness to thank Allah? Have we prayed some extra voluntary prayers to say, Oh Allah, you've blessed us in a million ways. Oh Allah, you've blessed us in such ways that people wish they were us. Yet we are sitting here and we take it for granted. Do you know that? We take it for granted. 
This is why we say, build your nation. Learn to contribute positively to your own nation. Where do we get it from? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, with his own hands, he contributed towards the building of Masjid Quba. That building is sitting to this day. He contributed towards the building of Masjid al-Nabawi. It is there today. It became a beautiful city. It is so big, so huge. We all want to go there. This was the genuineness of the best of creation. Be genuine, my brothers and sisters. Learn to have sincerity towards yourselves, your family members, your nation, your ummah, towards Allah and His Messenger. Be sincere, be honest, be genuine, be upright. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam had absolutely everything. He was entering the victory of Mecca. Do you know what happened? He had an army of thousands of men marching onto Mecca to face the Meccans, those who had usurped the wealth of the Muslimin, those who had massacred the Muslims in so many wars, those who had stolen the property of the Muslimin. Here is the best of creation entering Mecca. How did he enter? He was on his camel and he knew he was victorious. He knew the Meccans are going to surrender. It was up to him. He could have slaughtered all of them. He could have massacred them. He could have done whatever he wanted. He was the boss, so to speak, in today's terms. He could have done anything. He was entering with a huge army to face who? Criminals who had killed his own family members. People who had usurped the wealth of all these Sahaba. Anhum. But when he came in, he was on his camel. His head was so low that it was on the neck of the camel. He was not one arrogant person walking in saying, I am the one, I am the big king today. And so nothing, not at all. He was not even conspicuous. And when he entered, he got up. He raised his head, he stood up. And from amongst what he said, a question he asked the people of Quraysh who had gathered around waiting to see what destiny was bringing in their direction. So he says, Ya Ma'ashara Quraysh, O people of Quraysh, What a beautiful question. Imagine these are criminals, hardcore thugs, subhanAllah. And he says, O people of Quraysh, what do you think I am going to do to you today? They were silent for a while because they knew, what can we say? Anything this man wants to do, he can do. We have killed, we have stolen, we have oppressed, we have done this and that. Every crime in the book we ticked off. What happened? They said, well, some of them said, you're an honorable man. He says, He says, I will tell you what the Prophet Joseph, may peace be upon him, told his brothers. Go, for indeed you are free today. No retribution at all. You are all free. Everything is gone. The past is forgotten. We start a new leaf today. Allahu Akbar. Wow. Did you just hear that? Think deeply what I've just said. Think deeply. In order to move forward, the Prophet, peace be upon him, is saying, forget about what happened. Let's talk about now and let's carry on. We are brothers and sisters in humanity. They were not yet Muslim. We are brothers and sisters in humanity. We want to solve the problem. If I were to begin to execute one by one, perhaps you would have family members and perhaps we would never solve the problem. But here it is. Allah says we sent him as a mercy. That is why I mentioned the verse earlier on. What mercy? It is through mercy that problems will be resolved. This was a huge issue. People were not going to believe. How was Makkah going to be peaceful? How can the city be peaceful? And yet he comes in and he says, Every one of you is free. Let's work on building this nation. Guess what happened as a result? The bulk of them accepted Islam. They were shocked at the beautiful gesture. They came one by one declaring their shahada. They knew this is a messenger. This is a prophet. This is the most merciful. He is the one. He's not after wealth. He's not after retribution. He's not some silly man. He knows. He has come with a mission. For as long as the mission is understood. So what if these people were criminals yesterday? Today they are not. Subhanallah. They came in. They accepted and Mecca was changed, completely changed, transformed within a split second. Take a look at his honor. When he looks at Uthman ibn Talha, 
The one who had the key, the one whose family had the key of the Kaaba before and it was taken away. And so many had wanted the key. Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu being one of them. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, no way, the key is going to go back to those who had it all along and it will stay with them up to the end of time. Do you know that to this moment, although the peninsula has been ruled by so many different rulers, the key remains in the family of Uthman ibn Talha radiallahu Nobody has taken it away from them. Isn't that proof enough that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was truthful? Isn't that evidence enough to prove that Muhammad peace be upon him definitely came and he definitely gave this key and it's definitely remaining in the family as he had prophesied? Subhanallah, amazing. How many of us are that just when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَآنُ قَوْمٍ عَلَىٰ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا اِعْدِلُوا هُوَ أَقْرَبُ لِلتَّقْوَىٰ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ Never let your hatred for a nation lead you to be unjust with them. Be just, for indeed it is closer to piety. Even if it's your enemy, you need to be just. If this is theirs, it's theirs. If the due is for your enemy, so it is. Do not change it just because your family is on one side, your enemy is on the other. A family member happens to be wrong and you just side with them because of blood. No, justice is thicker than blood. Remember that. What is right and wrong comes first. This was the example of Muhammad, peace be upon him. Look at how beautifully he lived. And this is why he was so loved. And this is why today we get excited. This person has a million followers. That person has 500,000 followers. Big deal. Without Twitter, without Facebook, without Instagram, Muhammad, peace be upon him, has 2 billion followers. Allahu Akbar. Beat that. Never. He didn't even have... What we have today in terms of communications and phones and so on, not even a loud hailer, subhanallah. But the message was so powerful that it got through everywhere. Today it is being played on loud hailers and phones and mobiles. No matter what technology is coming up with, it is being used to promote Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his life, his message and the deen that he brought. Do you agree? This is why today we are seated here Almost all of us have mobile devices. And almost all of those who have mobile devices from amongst the Muslimin have some form of scripture in it in terms of the Quran or some beautiful teachings of Muhammad, peace be upon him. Is that not true? That's a miracle. That is Muhammad, the best of creation. Look at how far his message has reached because he was genuine. Not just because... He was a man who was upright and so on. No, he was a messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was upright. He was the greatest. He was the example of humility and humbleness. Subhanallah. He once walked into the marketplace and he found beautiful looking dates. You know, the dates were being sold, the food. And so he put his hand deeper into the pile. And when he put his hand deeper into the pile, guess what happened? He noticed there were rotten dates at the bottom that was quite wet. So do you know what happened? Subhanallah. He says, Ma hadha ya sahib ta'am. O owner of food who is here, what is all this? Man ghashana falaysa minna. Whoever deceives us is not from amongst us. Subhanallah. You must be upright. You know what he says? He tells the business people, that if you are open and upright, Allah will grant you blessings in your deal. But if you are deceptive and you hide, then all the blessings will be snatched away. This is the teaching of Muhammad, peace be upon him. Look at how beautifully he corrected the man. He says, don't cheat. Whoever cheats is not from amongst us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. He loved his people so much. 
all those who were around him were given so much of importance, subhanallah, such that the companions say, لا يحسب جليسه أن أحدا أكرم عليه منه. None of those who sat with him felt that there was any other person more honored than him himself in the eyes of Muhammad, peace be upon him. Do you know what that means? He gave so much of importance to every single person that they all thought they were the closest to Muhammad, peace be upon him. How powerful. So these are the beautiful examples of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's up to us to follow these beautiful examples. It's really up to us to ensure that we learn. We cannot do justice in 45 minutes to an hour, never. But what I can encourage you to do, my brothers and sisters, pick up a book. There is a beautiful book written by Salabi. It is three volumes. The Life of the Noble Prophet. Please purchase it, whether it is online or hard copy. Read it step by step. It's one of the best works that I have seen in modern times. The biography of Muhammad step by step, you will learn a lot. You will go through so much. You will be able to pick up so many points. But remember to live by the teachings of Muhammad It's not good enough, wallahi, to say that we are followers of Muhammad, peace be upon him, but we don't know him. We don't follow the example. We don't even pray. We don't even speak well to others. We are not bothered about solving and resolving our matters. Each one of us is living in our own little cocoon. No. Do you know that Jumu'ah, the prayer on Friday, has been made compulsory upon the men? Do you know one of the reasons is to be able to get together and to be able to know one another and help one another and reach out to one another. The same applies to Salatul Jama'ah, the, the Salah which is supposed to be read in congregation. One of the reasons that it has 27 times more of a reward is because we get to meet our brothers. We get to know one another. We get to be able to reach out to one another. I recall once I had asked people to greet each other in the masjid. Because I said we are guilty of not knowing each other. So we greeted each other. The following week, people came back to me and told me, do you know what? It was a tough one. I said, why? He said, now people are coming to me in my business asking me for a discount. Now they know me by name and they know everything about me. I told them, this is my business. They said, oh, I'm coming. They want a discount. Don't do that. Give your believers the amount they want. Why is it that when we enter a chain store, we don't even know the owners, we won't ask for a discount. But the minute it's your brother in Islam, you want a discount and you feel, no, 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 I'm not buying from here. Why is that the case? Let's learn from the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let's go on and let's learn, put into practice and convey the message. This is how we will succeed. My brothers and sisters, we have a lot to put into practice. We have a beautiful nation to build and building your nation will be contributing to the ummah because it is part of the ummah and it is a Muslim nation. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you, to guide you, to open your doors and the globe at large. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings. Brothers and sisters, it's never too late to quit your bad habits. Imagine the Prophet Muhammad and I will end with this inshallah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He will be waiting for us on the day of judgment. And he will be waiting for us upon the pond. There is a special pond known as Al-Kawthar. And the Prophet peace be upon him says, I will be waiting for you on that pond. In another narration, he says, do not embarrass me. Who would want to embarrass the Prophet, peace be upon him? We get upset when we see cartoons being drawn about him. We get upset when people make movies about him. And truly so, we should be. But sometimes we are worse than the movies and the cartoons put together. The way we lead our lives, far away from Muhammad, peace be upon him. Those people who did that do not claim to be followers of Muhammad, peace be upon him. We who claim to be his followers still insult him by saying we are followers, yet we are not following. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. So what is the embarrassment? He says, I will recognize the members of my ummah from the shining of the places they used to wash for wudu throughout the day when they were making ablution in order to pray. So that it will be shining, your face, your hands, everything will be shining. He will pick up and he will say, Minni wa min ummati, this one from me, from my ummah. And people will be drawn aside. Intercession of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, may Allah grant it to us. Amen. 
And so what happened? Or what will happen? He says, سَتُؤْخَذُ أُنَاسٌ دُونِي فَأَقُولُ يَا رَبِّ مِنِّي وَمِنْ أُمَّتِي فَيُقَالُ لَا he says, there will be some people taken away. And I will be saying, oh Allah, that person is from my ummah. And I will be told, no, you do not know what they did after you. They turned away on their backs. Do we want to be that embarrassment? No. So let's establish goodness. Wallahi, my brothers and sisters, I'm coming to you from Africa. And in Africa, mashallah, there are so many dedicated Muslimin. And they are across the globe. And the message I have for you this evening is... Turn to Allah. Turn to Allah. There are so many who have found this beautiful deen after they were not even Muslim. After they were in total darkness and misguidance. They came to the beautiful guidance. They saw it. They are holding on to it stronger than us who were born Muslims. We do not appreciate what we have sometimes. And do you know what? Sometimes it may be too late. May Allah not do that to us. Right now, it's not too late. We can turn to him. Let's not wait until the day we die and we find ourselves on the wrong side. So this is why think of how many thousands and millions and billions of people who say Allahu Akbar for Salatul Fajr. Yet you are asleep. That should be an embarrassment. That should be enough. Think of how many thousands and millions dress appropriately. Yet you are naked. Isn't it time now for us to cover that nakedness? Isn't it time for us to stop the bad habits we are engaged in? Think of all those who are so happy following such a beautiful, disciplined way of life. Yet we are drowning in drugs and alcohol and the nightlife and the partying. Like I said at the beginning, I end by saying, Brothers and sisters, do not lose focus. Never. Don't lose focus. No matter what you've done in the past, make amends, stand up, ask Allah's forgiveness, walk forward. We meet again inshallah in this dunya or by the will of Allah in Jannah. May Allah gather us all. May He forgive all our sins. Jazakumullah khair. Thank you for listening. Aqulu ma tasma'oon. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.